Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. We finally have a new manager. His name is Ange Postacoglu. And to celebrate this, we've got the most Aussie podcast you can think of. First up joining is JP. How are you doing, JP? I'm doing well. Token Aussies all around everywhere you look at the moment. So yeah, I'll, I'll take it. You're the actual only real Aussie that's here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all know David is one of those weird British Aussies. That yeah, you know, they don't really count. Yeah, exactly. We're also joined by Davo. How are you doing, Davo? That's a lovely intro I've got so far. <laughs> um, weird Aussie, British Aussie who doesn't count. I'm I'm very well. I'd like to point out I have an Australian passport. I vote. I pay taxes. I live here, and you know I've contributed a small way to the development of football in this in this country as well, which we'll get to talk about today. Yeah, but the thing is, you couldn't be an extra on Neighbours or, or Home and Away. I couldn't see you in the Bayside Diner ordering a, a, a smoothie from Ailsa. So. Well, you know, the Pet Shop Boys appeared in Ramsey Street, didn't they? They'd drive up Ramsey Street and ask the way to the studio or something. So if they were in it, what's the big deal? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I'll put you in the same category as the Pet Shop Boys. We will be doing, <laughs> <laughs> we will be doing also by Paul Fellows from Sydney Osbirds. It is very early in Australia today, at, today, at the moment. So um, thank you, guys, and thank you, Paul, when he does get here. So guys, JP, help me out. We've got no run sheet, no, no plan. It's literally, let's get some Aussies in and talk about Ange. So, mate, are you happy? How are you feeling about the appointment? Mate, I'm I'm buzzing on so many levels that it's yeah, it's it's hard to contain right now. I'm, um, I mean, you've obviously got the Aussie side of me that um, is just thrilled to see an Australian get a like fair crack at a you know a top European team. Um, and then there's the more important side, the Spurs fan in me that's just excited for what I've seen this guy do everywhere he's gone uh, and what that means coming to Spurs. And after four years of let's not beat around the bush, just you know, wanting to pull my eyes out watching Spurs, I'm really excited for Angeball. It's, um, it's fast-paced, it's attacking, it's 
he'll go crazy at people if they start passing the ball backwards. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I love it. That 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 video of him when he's just stop passing it back. I was like, oh my god, I love him already <laughs> just, just for that video. Like Hoygers. Dave, how about you? Um as a as a as a Aussie passport holder and <laughs> you love Vegemite. Like where where are you with the Ange appointment? You is it a good appointment, do you think? Uh I think look. I think it is a good appointment in the context of where we are now as a club and 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 the, and the managerial search that we've got to where we are. So I'm I'm very excited. Um, you know, obviously, from the point of view of uh, it will raise the profile of Tottenham in this, in Australia, which is great. I've had people asking me questions about this in the last week at work who don't don't not really that interested in football, but the Aussie factor is is really important. I, I think that's really cool. Um, and and to see and and, and you know. With JP and Paul, who might join, who, who chairs Ospurs, it's, it's a really thrilling moment uh, to have that. Um, I see where we are as a club at the moment. Really, you could almost say we're at the Santini old point or the pre-Poch point. So, for someone like uh, Ange to come in, who I think strikes me as someone who's a uniting figure, who will who will get the team playing in an attractive style of football that we as a club uh, are used to seeing and haven't seen in the last four or five years. Um, I think that's a great thing, but I, I think we need to be patient on this because I see where we get to with this in the first season, there are going to be days where there aren't going to be very good days and we can't, I know we will be, but that's the nature of what we do is be reactionary to it. I think we, we need to let him come in, bed down his vision and hopefully it's like a potch first season where he got to a League Cup final fifth. But you got to see, particularly that Chelsea New Year's Day game when we beat him 5-3, then everyone got to say, ah, this is what we're doing. So I think, uh, no, I think it's exciting. And let, let's get cracking. Yeah. I think you got to look at um, Klopp's first season with Liverpool. Yeah. You, you kind of got inklings of what they wanted to do, but they got battered in a couple of games as well. I think we, we tore them apart. Um, in one of the games at the lane. And yeah, I think you can expect kind of similar things, but also I think similar levels, of, well, we'll see about similar levels of success, but similar, similar levels of excitement around how we will go around playing football. Uh, sure. And we have now been joined by Paul from Sydney Ospurs. Paul, was this your master plan all along? <laughs> I wish I could say it was, mate, but you know, I'm not that intelligent. Um, <laughs> look, um, I don't know what's been said, so if I repeat anyone, I'm really, really sorry. We literally but, just started. Um, look, over, over here, there's there's a huge buzz about it. Um, and, and I know there's been a, a whole heap of dissension back home, but um, you know, I think that the thing that we need to remember is that someone's nationality doesn't necessarily um, make them a good or a bad coach for a football team. Um, otherwise, I'd be managing the Premier League, and so would you, Brendan. Uh, and Dave, uh, JP, no, you can't, mate, because you're Australian, so that must automatically mean you're shit. Um, <laughs> to be the, fair. The only, <laughs> the, only, the only things I can tell you about Postacoglu from, um, you know, where, where I've watched his teams intently is that he won the Asian Cup with an Australian side that weren't good enough to win the Asian Cup, um, and he won it by playing attacking football, um, and it was beautiful to watch. And at the time that he was doing it, he was at war with his own football federation. Um, so, you know, the man's plan works. Um, whether it works in the Premier League, I mean, you've got, uh, I think you've got as much chance of um, slots plan working in the Premier League 
or even Nagelsmann's plan working in the Premier League. So, you know, I think that, that in terms of the way that we are as fans, we need to behave ourselves a little bit and stop complaining that he's not an Englishman or a Scotsman or whatever it was we want this particular day. That's a good point, the the snobbery that, that comes in with um, people's attitudes towards managers and uh, Americans and Australians, for example. For some reason, Brits or English people won't accept uh, a, an Australian or American voice, tell them about football, talk about football knowledgeably. And how many English managers have won the Premier League? None. So, do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's very... Uh, and there has been a bit of social media unrest and in the the brazil spurs whatsapp group as well they're like who is this guy it's, it's a lazy appointment like it's just the only one that could would take the job and it's like well no there's clearly some thought has gone into this we literally waited until just after the scottish cup final we've just hired scott munn as well which um jp i'll go to you on this do you think the hiring of munn uh, was with Ange in mind, in hindsight, now that we see him? I don't think the hiring of Munn had anything to do with trying to get Ange in. Um, I think there wouldn't have been any issues if Spurs had have approached Ange with or without Munn um, trying to get him in. But I think the hiring of Munn probably helped get Ange a little higher up that list, if anything else. Um, I think the two of them worked together in the City group back when Ange was at Yokohama. Um, so Munn knows him well. I think he would have, yeah, helped kind of push him up that list and get him in the door. I think it's also the relationship between Ange's agent. I think it's a guy called Frank Tramboli, who is, who is, mm. who's Aussie, but he's based over in the UK. I think he represents Madison maybe and a few others. Um, so for kind of what you're reading about in the press and stuff like that, he's got quite a good relationship with Levy and probably was obviously pushing his client's cause over the last few months. But I think, you know, to Paul's point about, the snobbery about Ange and this, that, and the other. Okay, well, let's look at who, what the alternatives are that are available on the market. Potter, English, Brendan Rogers. Uh, did I want those two in? No, because, you know, I hate to say it, Potter is damaged goods at the moment, and I didn't want another ex-Chelsea damaged goods manager. You, you look at Potter, who came into a difficult situation, but this is his golden chance to do something. And although Todd Bowley's ways managed Chelsea is laughable, you know, Potter put on black polo next and Chelsea couldn't score a goal to save their lives, right? And then Deserby comes in at Brighton and gets some scoring. So I didn't want Potter. Brendan Rodgers, uh, you know, he's just got less to relegate it. Now, I know he's won the FA Cup with them, but as HG, who, I mean, it would have been amusing to get Rodgers in just to, for HG's reaction, because <laughs> I think there would have been a mushroom cloud over Vienna, frankly. But shits and giggles aside, HG makes a very good point, is that Rodgers rides the ways of the good work of someone who's the best bits of what's been previously is inherited. I think he was up at Celtic when Rangers were still coming up through the leaves because they got relegated all the way to the bottom. So I didn't want him either. And then who are you left with? Uh... Thomas Frank, I, I would have been fine with Thomas Frank coming in. I think Deserby wants to do a year in with Brighton, see where he gets to in Europe with them, and that's good for his CV, and off he goes. Other than that, who else? Ryan Mason? No. So Ange, Ange is um, coming in. He's got, he has got a track record. Um, and if you'd have looked at Deserby before Brighton and we'd have got in Deserby, yeah, I think everyone would have said the same thing. Who's this? So same mm. rules. Just I'll go to Paul now. Um just playing in devil's advocate here, Angie's 57. Why, why only now are people paying attention to him? Are you guys in Australia, have you known he's been incredible all this time? Like it's, It seems 
that that Celtic the Celtic move um, showed his credentials, but but it, it's a bit late for for in, in terms of his development. It's, it seems it doesn't go with the trend. You know what I mean in terms of young uh, dynamic managers. He I, I, everything I've seen about him I love, but just why now? So I, I think that the the whole snobbery has a big part of it, but it also works on two levels. So I think that that over here. Um, there is a because the rest of the world are going like well Australia what the fuck you know you you play with egg shaped balls um, you know you know nothing <laughs> um, and because you get that from the rest of the world there is a, a kind of feeling like almost an inferiority complex here where people go well are we good enough and you see it in kids coming up through um, the you know the 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 very poor coaching systems that they have here. Um, you know, and they they look at going to Europe as this, you know, this incredible stepping stone for them um, to go somewhere where they don't have the right to be. And it shouldn't be like that. And I think that until Australian football actually understands that exactly what I said earlier, that your nationality doesn't preclude you from being a good footballer or a good football manager, until Australian football gets its head around that and the Football Federation of Australia actually starts developing players properly, I think that mentality continues. So, you know, Angie's is one of the few that's actually gone, well, do you know what? Actually, I believe in the philosophies that I have so much that, you know, I, I'll i push through. I'll, I'll do it the hard way. And he has done it the hard way. He's done it through coaching the, um, the youth side in Australia. Um, and if you've seen the, the fight that he has with Craig Foster on SBS, it's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Watch that. Um, Craig yeah. was an awesome bell end for those of you that don't know. Um, <laughs> and he takes him a task. Um, he, he's then gone off to Japan. So he's basically gone, all right, you know, I've managed in the A-League. I've won that. I've won the Asian Championship. I'm now going to go to the next league up. I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to see what I can do there. He's been successful there. Celtic have obviously seen that and gone, okay, well, we'll take a chance on you. And he's gone over there and he's had exactly the same questions as he's having now. Are you good enough to manage in this league? And he's shown that he is. And now it's it's time that the, a Premier League club has gone, okay, yeah, we'll take a chance on you. And it's not about his age. It's about the pathways that are available to him. The pathways are not available over here. Um, so you can't just, you know, jump into a Premier League side as a 12-year-old, um, you know, and train with them. It doesn't happen. And it's the same for managers. So the managers have to go through a, you know, a, a really long, drawn-out process to get to where he is. Um, and, and I think that that's the, the real reason. It has nothing to do with his ability. Mm. Yeah, and just to add to what Paul's saying is that, you know, I first came to Australia in 99. Um, and, you know, I've seen the game here massively increase in popularity over the years. Um, but the Aussie mainstream media don't like the fact that football or soccer, as they call it here, has got more popular, right? They don't like that. You know, I think you had with the, I think it was the Socceroos versus Argentina, the AFL released a fixture list for the season that morning, right? To divert attention to a big game for the Socceroos. So you have to fight in that instance as well, right? So I think, you know, as a as a parent and seeing what, what's been offered, on offer for kids over the years, you know, I definitely think the the popularity has increased, the knowledge increased, that the Premier League's got a, a is, is become hugely popular down here as well, um, which is all a good thing. So I think you have to. So Paul, in terms of the context of Andrew's fifty seven, he's got the job now, uh, and there's snobbery about it. I think you have to look at that context around it. 
And if people are right, not someone because they're too old and they're fifties, well, that's worrying news for me as well. <laughs> and they, yeah, the thing is, you know, Paul's I think hit it on the head around kind of the the pathways not being available. In Andrew's case as well, you need to take in some of the wider context. He was coming up and and started his management career in the old NSL, which got disbanded um, and reformatted into the the A League. And for a long yeah. period of time there, he was largely unemployable um because of kind of some of the stigma i think of the old nsl as well so it's not just the pathways he's had to contend with he's had to contend with in terms of getting to europe he's had struggles in terms of the the structure of football in australia and being able to kind of progress through the professional leagues here even though he was widely regarded and really highly revered at that time yeah. and you know what i like about his backstory as well is that he, he came to australia as a five-year-old um you know there's the, the greek military situation his family came here as a five-year-old so you know it's your typical story of someone who's had to scrap their way and his family have had to scrap their way to get to get to where they were and you know contrast that to your stevie g's and your frank lampards who get a premier league job because you know they're proper footballing men and uh you know, they've had an August playing career and they get a job straight away and they don't prove to be very good at what they're doing. So I, I, I'm really excited about that aspect of him as well in terms of the fact he's had to fight to get to wherever he's got to and he's bringing it into our club and we sure as hell need that attitude right now with the culture of our club. That's a very good point, the, the, the cultural shift that is needed. Um, from the videos, just watching him, he looks so inspirational. He really does. Like, and the story he said, like about when he lost his dad recently, and he said, "Oh, when I walk out on the pitch, my dad's there beside me, encouraging me, pushing me on." And I'm like, I look at my dad, and I'm like, "Dad, why didn't you push me on a bit more? <laughs> you just let me get get on with it." And I could, I could be managing Spurs now. But, he's, yeah, but he's you just, had uh, you had a trial at Brentford, though, didn't you, Brendan? Well, kind of. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's the one thing I have in common with Rod Stewart is that we both lied <laughs> that we had trials at Brentford when I was just uh, took part in a soccer school at my primary school that was run by Perryman's Brentford at the time. Anyway, so Paul, this um, the, the Ange the man. Do you think he's the sort of person that the club needs right now? Bearing in mind the confidence of the players is is broken after two years of Conte ball, a year and a half of Conte ball and, and Jose throwing them under the bus. Is Ange what, what, the, what the squad needs right now? Well, the, the example I'd point to is Mas Luongo. So Mas Luongo was, um, was really struggling at Spurs. Um, we put him out on loan, didn't really do much. Asian Championship, and I don't know if, if you watched it um, over there, but you know, I went to, to several games. Mas Luongo absolutely bossed it. He was he was playing like a, a demon so much so that I, I sent Windy a, a text at the time, and just going, mate, I think you're right about this guy. You know, I'd seen nothing until now. Um, he he was absolutely amazing for for the whole um, tournament, and and that all comes from Ange either putting an arm around him or kicking him up the arse, and I don't know which one it was. So I think his man management skills, are, you know, are, are known to be pretty good. Um, he'll fight for his players, you know, and and to the point where. Um, He's not one to throw a player under the bus. So, you know, if there's, if we're trying to play out from the back and it goes wrong, he'll be the first one at the press conference going, I told him to do it. You know, my fault, blame me. 
So he's not going to throw any players under the bus. And I think that, that one of the things that um, that I hear a lot on on podcasts, obviously not the Chiefs room, I mean, I wouldn't say that, but when when people are bagging out players, you know, they're going, oh, fucking Eric Dyer, he does this and he shouldn't be doing this. And I can guarantee you that's exactly what he's been told to do. So, you know, who's to blame there? The guy that's mm. telling him or the guy that's doing it? You know, Ange won't. There'll be no grey areas. He'll go, that's what I told him to do, or no, I didn't tell him to do that. So I, I think that the, the honesty and the, um, the the support of the players that he brings will be a good thing for a squad that's low in confidence. Hmm. JP, the um, Paul touched on it there tactically, like so playing out from the back. I, I've done a bit of swatting up on, on, on Ange Bohr, and I think... Out of possession, it's four three three. With possession, two three five. Is that is that what? Just break it down into for layman's terms. <laughs> yeah, I mean the system's changed um, over the years and, and kind of evolved, um, but it's always some kind of variation of a of four three three. I think he played with a false nine for a little while um, at Melbourne Victory, um, but yeah, the idea is that he wants to get. He, at the moment at least, and what he's doing with Celtic is using inverted fullbacks to help uh, kind of support the midfield uh, and those those two central defenders really being the only ones that are kind of staying flat. None of this flat back five business that we've been seeing for the last couple of seasons, um, but getting your wingers out wide and your two eights really supporting those half spaces uh, in and around the striker. So, yeah, you do kind of end up with when we're on the front press almost uh, – a five, four, two. Does that add up to ten? I don't know. Sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> no, yeah, five. I don't know. One, two, whatever. So what, can, I, can I elaborate on this? Yeah, so yeah. I go. think the formation is kind of less important than than what he tries to do in terms of the the style of play. So, um, if you, I mean, we all loved the the kind of heady days of the the big press with Pochettino and and what. Ange tends to do is to get his forwards to defend. So that's the that's the starting point. So when we have the ball and we lose it, that turnover, the first sorry, my dog is just trying to fucking take lunch out of me here. Oh, um, he is cute, but he's a dick. He is cute. Yeah. Um so the front five as it is when we're in an attacking phase will be the first ones to close that down and try and win that ball back. So he's trying to win the ball back further up the pitch than we're used to. Um, what we've done more recently is allow the ball to come back into the um, the midfield and then try and win it back and fail abysmally at it. And then that puts the defence under pressure um, and that's why we've been leaking goals. So I think that what you'll see is a totally different attitude. We'll be going out with the, you know, with, with the idea that we win the ball back as high up the pitch as we can so that we can keep those attacking players attacking rather than having to counter-attack and try and effectively score from our own half. Okay. Davo, do you, have you watched much Ange Ball, uh, be it for the Aussie national team or, or for Celtic recently? Uh, how are you feeling? Do you think that we have the the personnel to, to pull it off or does there need to be a shake-up? No, I can't I can't say that. You know, I've watched a truckload of it or anything like that. But from what from what the guys are describing as to, as to how he plays, um, I think that... Um, and, and just the point of going back to to what Paul was saying about the culture and 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 players not having the confidence and things like that. There's a I think there's a bit more of a nuanced argument here because I do think there's there's a, a quite a few players on that staff who are very 
willing to use the the latest manager as the reason why they're not playing very well and don't take responsibility for their own performances. Um, I'm of that view as well. Um, you, you look at people like, you know, you look at someone like Dyer, you look at uh, other people who are more than willing to kind of, you know, the manager's awful and, and puts me under the bus. They don't take responsibility for their own actions as well. So there is a balance, in my opinion. So it's the same way that, you know, Ange will give an arm around the shoulder and increases someone's confidence. I think it's pretty clear from what we've seen is if someone's not up for it from a cultural point of view or, or how he wants to play, they'll go out the door. And I think what we as a fan base, and to your point, Brendan, what we as a fan, boy, fan base need to do now is that if he decides that someone's got to go who's a particular favourite because they don't fit what we want to do or culturally around the team that he wants to achieve, then they've got to go. And I remind everyone that when Poch came in, his brief for the first season was to get, a no pun intended, a tune out of the Beatles. You know, Chadley, Kapu, all of that lot. Plus you had your Kabuls, Adebayors and Lennons knocking around. And about halfway through the season, he basically said, they're not fitting what we want to do. I'm going to play your Ben Telebs, your Masons, your, Eric, your young Eric Dyer. And off he went. And that's what we did. So I, I think as a fan base, uh, the question is, is can Kane do a high press? The reality of the situation with Kane is that he's got one year left on his contract now, right? Now, if he turns around and says, I'm going to see out the contract, uh, and I'll wait and go wherever I want at the end of next year because he's got all the cards, then that's what he'll do. And Ange is not going to be as fool enough to, foolish enough to know I've got one year of Kane left. I'm not. I'm going to sell him because he doesn't do a high press. He will build his high press around Kane not necessarily doing that work, right? Um, so that's that one. And I think with everybody else, it's up for grabs as to whether he keeps them or not. Your Hoybergs, I think he'll keep Sonny if he thinks he can do the high press and play how he wants. Uh, but he hasn't had a great season. Um, and and we'll see how we go. That's that's the reality of the situation now. Whatever he decides to do in terms of who goes out the door, that's his view. And whoever he wants to get in and whatever price has to be paid for it, the club have got to back him. Jay when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. P, do you think that, that that will happen? Do you think that Ange has been given those powers and those assurances from Levy and, and from Scott Munn that, look, man, this is this is your blank canvas. You need to rip it up and go again. You, you've, you, you've got our blessing. Or will the board keep getting involved, say, you've got to play this, play that. But if you remember Sherwood's interview with uh, Simon Jordan last week when, when pressed, uh, Levy was asking, why are you playing Harry Kane? And not Roberto Soldado. You're you're lessening the value of a big asset by not playing him. And he's like, "Well, I want to win the game. Do you? Do you think Levy's learned those lessons? Oh, who knows with Levy? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> um, but I don't see Ange playing those games. Like he's if he wants to play someone because they're going to fit his system better, he'll play those people. If Daniel Levy doesn't want to sell them, well, he put them in with the kids. Like. I'm, I'm less concerned around what we're doing from a 
financial standpoint and who we're selling versus loaning versus just booting out of the squad and tearing up contracts. I'm not concerned about that so long as Ange has the ability to control what's going on on the pitch. Um, And I think that there's players that will come back from loan spells that might get a second chance. And there's players he'll definitely, you know, you can kind of see already they're not going to fit his system and, and he'll want out. I think the noise the last few weeks has been, we're already talking about tearing up contracts and, and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, we're, we're going to give him control to say, yeah, no, get out um, and that, that we'll act on it. But history doesn't suggest we've been great at selling or, you know, getting rid of ripping up assets. I think what's the most interesting um, at the moment is, is Ndombele. So I think Ndombele suits the way that Ange plays really, really well. Um, and, you know, there's a big question mark about whether Ndombele can come in and actually do the job that we all thought he could do when we bought him four years ago or whatever it was. Um, so I think he's a really interesting one. We haven't had a midfielder for the last two years that can carry the ball well enough or distribute the ball well enough forward. Um, we've been very cloggy in the midfield and that's not going to suit the way that Ange likes to play football. So I think that the Ndombele, um, much more than Lacelso, could fit that system. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him. As I understand it, it's pretty much a clean slate for everyone um, from the um, I think 1st of July he arrives, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's a clean slate for everyone. And it'll be really interesting to see how that develops. And, and we're going to be lucky because we'll probably get to see what Ange Ball looks like before the rest of the world does because they're over here in the middle of July. There's a good yeah, point. Yeah. Like, and, sorry, and Dombley on the ball is everything Ange wants, and Dombley off the ball is everything Ange doesn't want. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's can he get a tune out of that? Um, there was a when he managed my team in Australia, Melbourne Victory. There was a guy Carlos Hernandez who was, you know, if not the best, one of the best players in our squad, and, and kind of played a similar role. Brilliant with the ball at his feet, could score from anywhere on the pitch, but you know. We were sponsored by KFC and, you know, he was he was a bit lazy kind of running. Um, and Ange got rid of him pretty much as soon as he came in um, just because he didn't have that kind of work ethic that we needed. Were you, were you really sponsored by KFC? We were really sponsored by it, KFC, yeah. Man, man of the match gets a bargain bucket. That. <laughs> so, well, Australian football has been likened to, you know, under 12s football in the past so <laughs> wow Pouring what, though, having um having gone to to quite a few games this season because the central coast mariners are really close to me um you know and i try to go and support it and i've done it over the years and it's been really hard you, you, you walk out there and you just go oh god no this is this is like watching plymouth argyle it's horrible um this season has been entirely different so Central Coast Mariners have been playing a really good high press. They've been moving the ball really quickly. It's been really enjoyable to watch football. And it's nice to go and watch football without the stress of thinking how Spurs are going to fuck it up now. So you know, <laughs> I, went watched, I went and watched the, the A-League final the other day. So the, um, it was the Mariners against Melbourne City. Melbourne City, part of the City group, very well supported, decent amount of money in the club. And the way the Mariners played football completely mugged them off. It was beautiful to watch. And I've, I've never, I've always knocked Australian football because I've thought it's shit. But, you know, to be honest with you, mate, the, the, the changes over here are, you know, are really impressive. Australian football is getting better and better. 
Just on that, JP, having supported a team managed by Ange, what's his connection to the fans like? Because it looks really good. It looks like he gets the fans, he gets rivalries. Like my Celtic mates are really fucked off. Like, well, they, they they understand it, like they, but they're not angry with him, but they're like, they're gutted to lose him. Does he have a good connection with the fans? Yeah, massive. And I think a, a big part of that is that he comes in and he plays football. Like, he plays football the way fans want to watch football, which is entertaining. Uh, and he's an entertainer. And so fans get on board from that perspective. But then also, he's a real galvanizer. He'll get everyone around kind of the identity of the club. And he, he really buys into the football club and what the fans want to see. Um, he le- you know, he'll be learning all about Spurs' history uh, right now. And he'll be making sure that he knows what the fans expect. Um, but the other part is going back to, I think something fellow said earlier, um, uh, he will defend his players and he defends his clubs and he defends his fans. He's not going to do any of this, you know, um, contain nonsense of trying to burn the house down and blaming everyone but himself. He'll put himself on the firing line every time. And I think fans see that and respect that. And everywhere he's gone, um, the fans have loved him. The club's loved him. He's left the club in a better state than when he joined it. Um, and the clubs have been capable of going on and having success after him as well. I think Brisbane won another championship after he left Brisbane. Melbourne victory. He was only there for a year, but um, they won the A-League, I think, the season after he left with his squad. Yokohama won again recently with his former assistant at Melbourne victory. Um, after he left, and Celtic will undoubtedly <laughs> continue winning in Scotland. Yeah. And I think the good thing is, I've, I read that he's going to bring down two two members of the staff. I think he went to. Uh, I think the story is he went to Celtic just him, and 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 took it on all himself. Um, I think it's much better if he brings a, at least a couple of people in, and of his people into the club because we know what a political club Tottenham is, um, and I think that he should do he should do that. And I think Ryan Mason, if he wants to prolong his career and develop as a coach, should go off to a lower league club now and, and become the first team coach somewhere else. That's a, that's a good point, Davo. The um, the question mark over, do we get a director of football? Because Scott Munn, by all accounts, is more of a business head as opposed to a football head. So where do we go now? Because Ange is famous for sourcing talent he finds great talent he's he's traveled mm-hmm. all over he, he bought four really good japanese players to to celtic and and yeah. the team that finished that won the scottish cup final uh like 11 of the 13 squad or something like outfield players were players that he brought in so davo do you think that that there's room for a director of football under Ange, or that, that we may look towards more of a head of recruitment and don't be steve hitchin please yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Scott Mann's official title is Director of Football Operations, right? So he is responsible for the for the women's team and setup and the men's team and setup across the whole club. So it's football operations is him. He's on the board. He reports to Levy, right? Paratici would have reported into him. Yeah, that's how the structure would have been. So the co- first team coach would have reported into Paratici. Paratici would have reported into month. That's how it's going to work. So the question is now, is you've still got um, the guy they got in from Everton, uh, who Paratici appointed. The other guy, I think, Gabardini, uh, who, who Paratici got in as well. So you've got people, there is a, some form of an infrastructure in place. 
um, now. And Scott Munn's coming in and obviously will review that infrastructure. So it may well be we do get the director of football. And you would have assumed with the Nagelsmann chat and this, that and the other, that we needed to get the director of football in first and then and then appoint Ange. And it may well be we've told Ange that the director of the football is going to be X. We can't announce it yet. Are you happy with that yet? Fine, off we go. And similar to the incoming director of football, that's what we said. So we might do that. But I think that that's, it, it's very, very important we have an aligned infrastructure. Our history under Levy's ownership, you know, Kamoli and Joel, Yol, uh, Poch, uh, you know, whatever, not getting on with Levy and all the rest, about whatever. But there has to be that alignment. Just like Liverpool, Fenway Group, Michael Edwards, Klopp, all worked in the heyday. We have to have the same thing now. It's very important. Hmm. Paul, will you I think Scott has been brought in to, to give us what everyone's been screaming for for years, which is levy away from football. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I know that there's there's still a big kind of levy out movement, but but I think that the, the idea of removing him and Enoch entirely from the club is really short-sighted because as a... Um, as a <laughs> Dave, why are you laughing? Um, but as, as a... As a <laughs> You've got to look at it in different ways, right? As a business, they've done remarkable things with the, the pile of crap that they inherited. So as a business, they've done remarkable things. Now what they need to do is put the structure to allow those remarkable things to work in a football site. So by putting someone between Levy and the football, that actually gives you what you want without taking away what you don't know you want. Off you go, Dave. You know you want to. Go on. I'm, I'm going to resist. I'm oh. going to resist. But all I'm going to say is this, that I, I was naively led to believe two years ago when the new new structure at the time with Paratici coming in was Levy staying away from the footballing operations. And then you find out that he's having dinner with Bill Kenwright at the Ivy and uh, he's personally involved in the protracted negotiations with Jed Spence. It's not quite the same. So, you know, the you know Enoch have done a great job in terms of... Uh, as we're always constantly told, we've got a lovely stadium and we've got a lovely training ground and we're turning into a beautiful multi-purpose entertainment venue in North London. And that's lovely to see, but um, we're not getting into it now, but that's not why we support the club in the first place. Mm. And the job of an owner of a football club is to kind of put together an infrastructure, small eye, not property infrastructure, to deliver some form of success on the pitch, which they haven't done. But let's leave it there. It's 7.15, it's early. Got to go to work. Sorry. That's true. I'm aware you guys have. And, and just to, to point out as well, Paratici uh, rocking up in prison in the next couple of months was a, an unforeseen event, which probably meant that Levy kind of had to get back involved in things. But anyway, again, it's it's a, a mistakes all over. Um, Paul, uh, you have the team coming out in July. So I'm guessing that it's Perth, isn't it, that they're coming out to? Is that right? It is Perth, yeah. And that's only like, you know, seven-hour plane ride from me. So it's almost <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, look, it's, it's going to be huge. We've got um, we, we've got a whole heap of events that, that are happening out in Perth um, around the match. So the the Ospurs committee are working really hard to, to put a whole heap of things together. Um, we, we've got Ledley coming out, which is going to be great. So we're going to have an evening with, with Ledley. Um, we've got a, a, an open training session that's going to be happening at the Wacker, um, and, and you know other bits and pieces around the game. So it's going to be absolutely huge, and and I think that there's um, there's now a, an even bigger buzz around it because of the whole end situation. So you know people are, are really 
looking forward to seeing an Australian lead their team out um, in Australia. It's going to be fucking huge. Do you think he's going to greet the team? Do you think he's, do you think he's going to greet the team at Perth Airport like uh, Sonny did in South Korea? <laughs> Maybe. I've, I've actually, I, I know for a fact because I've been trying to uh, to chase this is that they're not coming into Perth Airport proper. So they're coming into a private terminal. So there's because we were we were hoping that we could um, organise like a, a, an airport welcome which is what we, we did in Sydney. Yeah. And it was huge. And they're coming into a private terminal, so we can't do that. Are they so, lining up next to Steve Diver's plane? Is he landing at the same time? <laughs> uh, I, look, I think, I think Steve Diver comes a day later, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, some sort of problem with the engine, I don't know. Um, but look, it, it's going to be massive. And, and just having an Australian... In, in charge of a Premier League side is going to be huge for football in Australia. And I think also it will see a lot more people showing interest in Spurs because, um, forgive me, my Australian friends, but you do tend to be a little fickle around the sports team that you support. Um, and it seems okay to support one one year and then another the next year. So I think you may well find that some of the, the people who are currently wearing uh, let's say red shirts with white sleeves or perhaps blue shirts will feel it's okay to start wearing white shirts. Um, I think they'll see a big upsurge of support in Australia. In Asia as well. I think um, it's easy to to not, you know, not see it, but Ange's kind of success in the Asian Cup meant he was huge in Asia. Um, and when he went over there and the success he brought to the J-League. So I think it's just going to continue um, Spurs' presence across you know, this side of the world. Look, if it means fewer gooners in the world, I'm all for it. And, <laughs> it's, good news, <laughs> and it's good news for the hotel that Levy's currently building as well to get more tourists in. Oh, here we go. Well, guys, we've been going for 42 minutes now. Uh, JP, I know you have to get on. Guys, thank you so much for joining. A uh, very last minute, but we got a, this was as Australian as it gets. Apart from Mr. Jolly, but he did send us a voice clip, which I will put on the end of the pod. JP, thanks for joining. No worries. Thanks for having me on. I know I hung shit on Davo earlier, but we're an inclusive lot at the cheese room. And if we can all get around Ange, it's going to be a special time. <laughs> You've hung shit on the fact that I've got an Aussie passport. And again, <laughs> I'll say it again. I pay taxes. I vote. I'm a fully fledged member of Australian society. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining Are you Australian is the yeah. question. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm English, I'm Australian. It's not my fault you live in Melbourne, JP, when nothing happens. <laughs> anyway, thanks for having me on, Tara. Cheers. Paul, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure as always. Um, look, I pay taxes. I have an Australian passport. I am English, though. So it's not quite as Australian as it could have got. There's one Australian in the room. But uh, no, it's a good effort, Brent. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do uh, look out for the YouTube. There's YouTube out tonight, but you'll, that will have finished by the time you hear this. Uh, there'll be another one tomorrow, which uh, I'll be on, assuming they've not cancelled that because of the one tonight. Uh, we'll get another pod out next week, and there'll be pods through the summer. Uh, we'll get our friend Gary Stevens back on and other guests, and obviously talk more Ange as and when it comes. Uh, so keep the faith Spurs fans with big day today and a historic day, four-year contract for our new manager, Ange Postacoglu. Let's get behind him. And as ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. All right, everyone. This is Jolly, co-founder of The Cheese Room here. 
it's not Australia Day, but the mood is fucking celebratory as fuck down here. It's definitely how I feel too. We know football fandom is such an emotional roller coaster where you can multiply that by a factor of X for Tottenham, of course. So it's really hard to emphasise how much Andrew's appointment means to me as an Aussie Tottenham fan. As a kid, I fell in love with the Spurs of Glenn Hoddle and Aussie R.D. Lees. And a few years later, I fell in love with watching Aussie NSL on TV too, the National Soccer League, it was called back in the day. Unlike the English First Division, you could watch entire games from the NSL on TV. And this was just magic as a kid, used to watching like bits and pieces of the Premier League on a Monday night or the old First Division, it was called, or watching the FA Cup once a year. The team that I fell in love with was the South Melbourne Hellers, and they were coached by the great Ference Pushkas. Their young, cultured, attacking left-back at the time was none other than Ange Postacoglu. They won the NSL stuffing teams along the way, and then after Ange retired early due to injury, they won it twice again with him as the gaffer. I think he was only in his early 30s. From those glorious beginnings, Ange has been a winner wherever he's been, and while we won't get carried away, if anyone can break our major trophy, trophy drought, I reckon Ange can. I was at the stadium for the Asian Cup final in 2015 with my Korean missus, much to her chagrin as we won. And even after Son and Min equalised in the 87th minute, it seemed inevitable that we would get the winner in extra time. And that's what we did, because Ange is a winner. He's a leader of men and he's a thinker. And most importantly, he plays football the Tottenham way. Famously, Puskas said to him, don't ask the wingers to track back for you, Ange. The crowd is here to watch them, not you. <laughs> So we can expect good football and we won't see Sonny at left wing back in a cup final either. This is a massive day for Australian football and hopefully we'll look back on this as a massive day for Tottenham too. Also, roll on a million terrible fucking puns. Dare to didgeridoo and have a beer with Ange Foster's Coglu and all that for fuck's sake. Let's fucking go and come on you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.